Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Go ahead, Monique. Ask me exactly what it is. What is it? I haven't the slightest idea. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show for another week. My name is Joe Burns. We're broadcasting live from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. You are... Monique Gregoire. Monique has decided to sit there in the chair. We've tried to get her out of it, but when we do, she grabs the table and we can't seem to get her away (laughs) from it. I'm not leaving. The show, once again, is being brought to you by one of the restaurants downtown, one of those that have been here in the Hammond area for 30 years, ladies and gentlemen. Open 11 a.m. till midnight, Monday through Sunday. What is the name of the restaurant there, Monique? Mariner's Inn in downtown Hammond. Every time I go, it's the black and blue burger and you get the... Kicking chicken. Remember, pool tables, bar with live music, on the patio, weekly, classic southern rock, jazz, blues, etc. The fine people at Mariner's, the sponsor of the Rock School radio show. And we'll tell you about them one more time before we get out of here. And we can't thank them enough for giving us a large bag of money with a dollar sign right on the front (laughs) of it. So, Monique, this week, I'm going to ask you, have you or your husband, again, I know he's a musician have you ever invented anything no no haven't you really i am not creative at all do you have that million dollar idea you're positive if you could just get it to the right person that's it i live on easy street yeah my husband my husband has all those ideas every man does (laughs) i don't don't, and i don't know that women get them as much as men do but men have those and they they talk with their buddies about them and and it always is prefaced with that statement now don't steal this from me man (laughs) but we all seem to have that idea there are patents that have been granted to musicians and non-musicians mm-hmm. who have patented things that are used by musicians. Okay. I ran into a few websites where it listed famous people and famous musical people who all have patents that have been used in the music industry. Okay. So I thought it would be a good idea just to sort of put them all together in one hour, talk about the people who have the patents. In fact, we have one from the greater New Orleans area that everybody knows, and we'll play them a, a little bit later on today. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about patents. Okay. Can you actually patent music? Now, some people say, oh, no, 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 no. You have to copyright music, right? Okay. No, you can actually patent music. Okay. Now, the lawyers, those in the you know blue and brown suits and the ladies <laughs> in the T-length skirts and such... They have gotten around to trying to physically patent. And I say physically because what happens is if you patent it, Mm -hmm. it has to be a physical thing. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. We start with Eddie Van Halen. Of course. Does he, what, what do you mean, of course? We don't do it every show. But no, I'm just playing. If he falls into the show, he falls into the show. He has, that I could find, three patents. 
Number one, his new guitar, I say his new guitar, the guitar he's doing right now, mm -hmm. he has at the top, you know, on a guitar, the pegs that you twist to make the strings tighter or looser, the right. tuning pegs. He has a guitar peg head design. Normally, it's all the pegs on one side or three mm -hmm. on one and three on the other. Okay. Well, he has a peg head design where there's four on one side, two on the other. I don't know that that's wonderful, mm. <laughs> but it got him a patent. He also has something called the D-Tuna, as in a fish, but okay. it's D-Tuner. When you're playing with a whammy bar, to tune it is really difficult, mm -hmm. and to drop the E string down to a D is even more difficult. So he, I'm sure along with a lot of other people, mm -hmm. created this thing that attaches to the low E string. All you do is unplug it. Okay. And it drops the D string one whole step. Mm -hmm. And when you want, you push it back in and whoop, up comes the E string back into full tune. That sounds useful. Neat little thing. He also has a third patent for a drop back plate. You put this thing on the back of the guitar, mm -hmm. you lift the guitar up, so now it's sort of looking at you like a piano. Okay. Because what he wanted to do was, and he did this on, I believe, the 1984 tour, maybe the tour before it, where you played the neck like a piano, you simply oh. you know, touched with the tips of your fingers the mm -hmm. neck. Well, he needed something to hold the guitar up. So he oh. created this plate that when he lifted it up, it locked down against his stomach, Hmm. And held the guitar at a, would that be perpendicular? I guess. I, I'm yeah, not I big into those words. <laughs> it held it straight out from his body. Okay. So he has those three patents. Okay. I don't know that they've made him a whole lot of money. My guess is it's made him a little bit. Not that he needs it. But there you go. Eddie Van Halen has three patents. And for hmm. the rest of the show, we'll talk about the rest of the patents that these people have. Believe it or not. Some of these people aren't even in the music business, mm -hmm. and they have created patents. And I have a lot of people who are musicians who have patents that are nowhere near the music business. That's what I was going to ask. Are they all music-related? Some yes, some no. Here is Van Halen's Hang Em High on Rock School. Coming out of Van Halen, talking about patents today. Let me give you a couple more that we won't play, and then we'll get to the one from New Orleans. Uh, Lawrence Welk. Heard Lawrence of him. Welk, yeah. He had that show, um, big band music, bubbles all over the place. They mm -hmm. make fun of it on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. uh, your grandmother's favorite accordionist and band leader got himself a patent in 1953. He got a design patent for an ashtray. <laughs> looked like an accordion that's it you know it, it, as long as it's different than anything else and, and in the breaks we're going to talk about how you get a patent it's it's okay. not just the concept of i have this idea you have to make sure it's different than anybody else's idea yeah and that's and that, just a kitschy thing right and it, and it has to be different enough because if you look at all the toothbrushes mm -hmm. it's a toothbrush you can't just have one toothbrush you look at the like the heads of them. It's the pattern of the bristles and such. It's just enough mm -hmm. that you can you know get away from it. Let's see, Andy Warhol. I have here one from Andy oh. Warhol. 
he created a watch with a different face. You know how there's watches with one face or two faces? Okay. So, you know, if you're if you live on the West Coast but you commute to the East Coast, oh. you have one set to west, you have one set to east. Andy Warhol created a watch with five faces which was patented by the American Watch Company after the artist's death. Wow. I don't know why you'd need five. I mean, I see two. You know, I'm, I travel to Europe a lot, so right. I, I can look at the watch and see what time it is back home and all Just of that. Just seems a bit unnecessary. I, I don't understand why, but, you know, there you go. Harry Connick is okay. from the great state of Louisiana, as a matter of fact, from right down the road in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. In 2002, he received a patent for a... This is what it's called. System and method for coordinating music display among players in an orchestra. And that is? I know. I'm the same (laughs) way. It's got to be. Let the academics get a hold of it, and we will make it language that you can't penetrate. (laughs) Here's what he did. When an orchestra is playing, seldom do they just memorize everything. It's much more intricate music. So they Mm -hmm. have in front of them sort of a half box type deal with a music stand. Well, if they have music, many things can go wrong. The music can fall off the stand and such. So what Connick did was create this system that's all connected together, and it looks like a bunch of iPads. Oh, okay. And the iPads all show the music. And in unison, as they're playing, Mm -hmm. the music, I don't know how to say it, the page doesn't turn, but it like pushes off to the side, and the next piece of music comes up digitally. And he, Connick, has the ability, because he has the, the main one, mm-hmm. has the ability to make edits, and the edit then goes to all of them. While it's going. Isn't that cool? Oh, that is pretty neat. And he has the ability to, as they're practicing, okay, let's go to page four, and he clicks it, and whoop, everybody goes to page four in one shot. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's clever as anything. Yeah, because at first I was thinking teleprompter. What do we need this for? Exactly. But all the music comes up in one shot. The only downside of it is if there's one glitch, everybody goes down. Yep. My guess is to their left Mm -hmm. is a black notebook. Back up. With all of it. And something goes wrong. Reach down, pick that sucker up, and we go back to the way it was done. Neato mosquito on that one. Harry Connick Jr. It's Jambalaya right here in Rock School. Rock School Show. We're talking about uh, everybody who's got a little bit of patent behind them. Remember I told you there were some people who aren't musicians but had a patent for a piece of musical equipment? Yeah. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Right. The actor, as in Stella. (laughs) Marlon Brando got a bit eccentric in his golden years. Something of an understatement, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) However, later in his life, he focused some of his joy i guess you would on the drums Hmm. he enjoyed playing the drums he enjoyed playing the bongos and apparently he didn't like how his bongos were tightened okay so what he did was invent a drum head tensioning device and method as a matter of fact he has several patents not just one but several patents for Items that will tighten a drum head 
across yeah. whatever the ring is, the wooden ring where the right. head is stretched across. He has multiple patents that will tighten in different methods the thing, the skin that right. goes across the drum head. Marlon Brando. That's kind of crazy. Go figure. So you got to play something. What has bongos? Uh, Santana? Oh, yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> For Marlon Brando, here's Evil Ways on Rock School. All right, first break here on Rock School. I asked you at the beginning of the show, Monique, if you had actually come up with an idea, the million-dollar idea. No. Well, your hobby has, apparently. <laughs> Here's how we do it. You, personally, as a human being, can go to the government patent site. It's the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, and you can say, okay, I'm going to patent this. Okay. Just like you do a copyright. Right. Copyright's ridiculously simple. Go to copyright.gov, download Form TX, mm -hmm. fill it out. Now, there's other forms, but Form TX is the one almost everybody uses. That's music and mm -hmm. all the other stuff. Art is different, but music, poetry, and that kind of stuff is Form TX. Okay. But you want a patent, so go to USPTO, fill out the paperwork, ta-da! Well, <laughs> you really want to go a different way about it. Most places suggest you go to a patent lawyer okay. to undertake the process for you. Why? Because you can get sued very quickly. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, a lot of people, and I know this sounds terrible, they will patent an idea. Ah. and wait for you to try and patent the same idea and then sue you. <laughs> so then I'd actually have to do the work to get the money. Exactly that. And, and it happened a great deal during the Internet.com boom. They mm -hmm. just simply came up with an idea. This would be a good idea. And then wait for you to come along and, and come up with the same idea, not check through the patents, and then mm -hmm. boom, nail you. Here's what normally happened. You hire a patent lawyer or a patent company, which has a, a stable of lawyers. Okay. They will undertake a patent search for you. What's that? Okay, you have a new toothbrush. Mm -hmm. They will go and do the search. They know how to do it. They find if someone has patented whether it exists or not. See, right. most people think, I'll just go to Walmart and I'll look. I don't see a toothbrush like this. Thus, it isn't patented. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Wrong. It's mm -hmm. entirely patented. possible it's patented, but it's not on the shelves. Right. Okay. They say that starts, and again, I looked at a few different places, mm -hmm. somewhere around $460 to $550. Okay. That's the search. The filing is then done by the firm. I only found one that told me the filing fee. They mm -hmm. wanted $540. Bucks. They will then create a non-provisional utility patent application. <laughs> Again, that doesn't sound like anything that me, Schmo, here in central Louisiana, right. could create on his or her own. Then you have to create drawings, patent drawings. Okay. And they have to go by numerous what, parameters and mm -hmm. numerous rules and say, I don't know what they are. This company will make the drawings for you. Mm -hmm. So all these people are involved you really shouldn't try to do this on your own. You should get a company to do it for you, and it's probably going to cost you upwards of three, $4,000 if it's patentable. Right. You may very well spend $500, $600, and at the end of it, they say, 
mm, look here, we found this. Mm-hmm. It's already patented. It's too close to yours. The patent office is going to kick it out. Mm, you don't want to do it. But weighing the options, it's kind of worth it to go that way right. and have it's somebody else the, take care of it. It's worth the $600 rather than you just doing it and then getting sued. Yep. So that's where it comes from. KSCL Shreveport, Louisiana. They are listening to us. Thank you so very much. Hi out there at WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Make sure you catch us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show. Like us. You really like us. And we'll be back in a minute with somebody who invented a piano that you can play like a guitar. Weird looking little instrument. Back in a minute on Rock School. Okay, I promised you coming out of the break, I would talk about a piano that you could play like a guitar. Do you know what that Yay. thing's called? I don't. The keytar. Oh, yes, I have heard of that. A I keyboard have. guitar. The <laughs> keytar. I don't know why, but my brain had it in it that either Edgar Winter or Johnny Winter came up with this because I always remembered, and maybe I'm just remembering this wrong, mm-hmm. that when I saw a, like a Don Kirshner's rock concert film now video okay. of them playing Frankenstein, da dun 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 dun. Oh yeah, yeah. He was playing it on a keytar. <laughs> Maybe it existed, and and Prince just sort of got the patent for it. I, oh. I don't know, but it says here in 1992. Prin- I know what wasn't it around before 1992? I totally thought like 85 at least. That's what I thought too. This one seems suspect to me, but maybe it's again, there are multiple toothbrushes. Maybe right. this is a different kind of keytar. Okay. Something doesn't sit right with me on this one. I have to believe this is a different kind of keytar. Like I have to believe that Prince logo when he decided to no longer be Prince and he made a guitar out of it. I'm positive he has a patent on that guitar. And you think this might be it? No, this is the keytar. This is still the same thing. And I'm playing the song Little Red Corvette because when you watch the video, Little Red Corvette, there it is. There's the keytar. You can see it. So it's called in the the, uh, patent a Mm -hmm. portable keyboard instrument. (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, it's a curvy purple design with two pitchfork style spikes at the end. Okay. So my guess is it it existed before, but it's Prince's specifically. That makes sense because right. of the purple and right. The That's what of I it. think. Because again, I, I may be a hundred percent wrong on this. Let me preface it with that. But I was almost positive it was one of the winters that came up with it. And I, I know what I should say. Let me go check that be, you know, during the song. But I checked it like crazy before I even said this, and I still can't find it. It's Little Red Corvette here on Rock School. I guess I should know By the way you popped your car sideways I don't wouldn't last You're the kind of person That believes in making out once Love them and leave them fast 
right, coming out of the guitar-laden Prince song, Little Red Corvette. Still think the Winters had something to do with it. I don't have anything <laughs> to back that up, though. Let's do the names bottom of the hour. My name is Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. Let's take some time and do seven days and 70 seconds, and we'll come out talking about Neil Young. Neil Young's got patents, seven of them. It's got to be something with guitar, harmonica, amplifiers, right? No, has nothing to do with music. Let that sentence do. But first, seven days, 70 seconds, something that happened on these rock dates, March 10th all the way through March 16th. I believe Monique has Monday. Do it. March 10th, 1979, in what has to be one of the most bizarre appearances at Nashville's Grand Old Opry, James Brown takes the stage at Ryman Auditorium on the invite of his good friend, Porter Wagner. March 11th, 1971, The Doors, Jim Morrison, fleeing numerous criminal charges in the U.S., Arrives in Paris, is going to suffer a fatal overdose four months later and die in the bathtub of his apartment. March 12, 1966, Tom Jones enters a hospital to have his tonsils removed, though some who claim to have seen his tonsils since claim his real visit was for a nose job. <laughs> March 13, 1959, Friday the 13th, the Kingston Trio are nearly killed when their plane makes an emergency landing on a turkey farm in South hmm. Bend, Indiana. March 14, 1960, Sam Cooke begins an unprecedented tour of the West Indies with a concert in Jamaica's Montego Bay. March 15, 1958, Elvis Presley performs his last concert before leaving the Army, a show at Memphis's Rustwood Park. And then finally, March 16, 2005, Billy Joel enters rehab for the second time, ostensibly for gastrointestinal distress, but in reality, it is to cure his alcoholism. And by the way, that's straight from Billy Joel. That's not anything that he made up. He stated afterwards that it was for his alcoholism. Hmm. Neil Young, not for guitar, not for harmonica, not for that thing that goes around his neck to hold the harmonica. Mm -hmm. You may not know this, but Neil Young adores model trains. Huh. So much so that he has seven patents related to really? model trains. I'm not kidding. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. There's another rock star that adores model trains as well. Rod Stewart. Oh. Simply adores the silly things. He has <laughs> patent number US5441223, model train controller using electromagnetic field between track and ground. Seriously, look him up. Seven <laughs> from Neil Young. Here's Cinnamon Girl on Rock School. Okay, we're at, uh, what, here, 40 minutes into the show. Let's do a real quick one, real short song. Uh, here's a guy that just has so many patents. I'm just going to very quickly list a bunch of them. Les Paul. Oh, Lester yeah, Paulson, absolutely. Right? Now, he didn't invent the... Uh, Les Paul guitar. Okay. That came from Gibson. His name was just simply put onto it, although okay. he has his name attached to some parts of the Les Paul because mm -hmm. he helped with the sort of modification of it. Okay. However, here are some that are directly related to him. Patents, method for adjusting the tone characteristics of tone generating elements and a device therefore. <laughs> Pickup apparatus for an electric string type instrument. Fixture for string retainer of the strings. Increased torque bridge for guitars. Three stringed instrument for producing precise rhythm strumming. Three necked <laughs> guitar. And I'm, I'm just 
listing a few of them. If you look at them, he has so many patents, it's insane. Rock music sounds like rock music sounds today because of Les Paul. No hmm. two ways about it. If you want to look at it, simply look up, go to Google, mm-hmm. Les Paul patents. Blap! Out they come right out of it. Here is Les Paul, Mary Ford, Alabama Bound on Rock School. All right, second break here on Rock School. I asked you again at the beginning of the show, do you know the difference between a music copyright and a music patent? Right. It would seem silly that you could patent a piece of music. You'd have to copyright it, right? Mm -hmm. No, the people who are legal eagles are attempting now to create patents on music. And how? Well, it has to do with all the digital things. Now that music becomes digital... They're looking at it as a thing, a physical entity. It says here, a copyright is simply a protection of ownership, authorship of the work. Whereas a music patent is where gray area begins. Mm -hmm. If you are able to get, and again, it's a question of whether this is going to hold up when somebody challenges it. Mm -hmm. If a music patent is given... The owner just will not have authorship of the idea. This is my song. You can't use it without what If you are allowed to have a music patent, you will have the ability to exclude all others from making, using, or selling the work, period, more concisely. I'm reading it straight from what they're trying to get. Okay, I'm trying to follow you. More concisely, copywriting protects the songwriters, while the music patent protects not only the songwriter, but the unique combination of notes and the overall production of the piece. That sounds... You will... It's like... Remember the... I don't know if you remember this, when people got upset about um, uh, the GMOs, Monsanto literally owns the seed. Okay. They own life. In terms of a song... <laughs> You wouldn't just own authorship of the idea. Mm-hmm. You would own 
the physical grouping of the notes. Okay, that so makes sense. No Just... one could redo the grouping of the notes. Wouldn't there come a point in time when all grouping of notes would be taken? That seems that way. It would seem that after a while, the patents would add up to the point where no new music could be written. Am I reading this wrong? That, that's what it sounds like to me. That's not right. No. You can't allow that. There are only 12 notes. Now, someone's going to say, yes, but there are 12 notes that can be performed this way, different rhythm, different what have you. And the the conglomerations and the, the com combinations are infinite. No, no, they're not. Mm -mm. And I think after you allow patenting, you're going to stifle music dramatically. That makes sense. That's my opinion, that's at sad. least. Hello, uh, Radio Universidad, Salamanca, Spain. Thanks for running the radio show. KLSU in Baton Rouge. Hi, guys. Uh, you bet. And uh, we'll be back in a minute here in Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, talking about patents here. There's a guy named James Page who, came, uh, who created a two-sided storage rack for guitars, a storage rack for guitars, a teaching device for guitar players, an electronic ukulele, and <laughs> a method and apparatus for securing a guitar strap in 2010. I okay. don't think it's Jimmy Page. I no. don't think it's the guy from Zeppelin. But how cool is it that your name is James Page and you invent things for guitars? I think mm -hmm. that's cool. Paula Abdul. Yeah. She created a microphone stand that instead of being flat on the bottom uh -huh. is, I guess it would be convex. It goes out. Okay. It's kind of a, an upside down bowl. So it won't fall down. It's like a weeble. You know, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Right. Right. So she can push the microphone stand and it goes all over the place. Oh. Yeah, it gets kind of neat. Mm -hmm. And like James Brown used to push it and then hit it oh, with his yeah. foot and it would come right back to him. Mm -hmm. Well, this one will go all over the place, but will not tip over. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I thought that was neat as well. So mm -hmm. she has one for that. And James Page, whoever he is, I, I don't <laughs> think it's Jimmy Page, but maybe it is. Thomas Dolby has created an interactive music generation system making use of global feature controls by non-interactive musicians. Huh? I've read this entire paragraph right here that explains exactly what it is. <laughs> Go ahead, Monique. Ask me exactly what it is. What is it? I haven't the slightest idea. But he's got a patent for it. He blinded me with science. No concept. None whatsoever. Here on Rock School. Okay, last break here on Rock School, and I only have a few to talk to you about. I have Steve McQueen on here. Why? Because I like the song by Sheryl Crow, Steve McQueen. <laughs> it's nothing to do with music whatsoever. He created a bucket seat for cars. Okay. Proud owner of a patent for a bucket seat. So there you go. Okay, here are the ones that I'm not going to play. I will finish up with the one I'm going to play. Uh, Michael Jackson. You ever seen the video for Smooth Criminal? Yes. Where he and his dancers sort of move to a certain point, and then they can lean forward. The lean, yes. Right. What it was is the back of the shoes had a V cut out of them, and in the floor was a catch. 
So they huh. backed their shoe into this catch, leaned forward. When they came back up, they disconnected their shoe and were able to walk away. I've always wanted to know that. It's a clever little piece. You can do that. Huh. Uh, Vic Firth. He is a man who creates things for drums. Okay. Uh, and again, it's it's like um, it's like Les Paul, just mm-hmm. one after another. Drumstick, 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 uh, improved drumstick, drumstick this, <laughs> drumstick that. I don't know anything about drums, so there you go. Uh, Robert Moog, not Moog, Moog, mm-hmm. electronic high pass and low pass filters, employing blah 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 blah. Okay, it makes a synthesizer. And the one we're going to finish on, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, mm-hmm. in nineteen, he has a bunch of them as well, but this one I thought was interesting. In nineteen ninety, he created or is part of a patent that created something that could synthesize a sine wave. A sine wave okay. is the very basis of a sound, okay. a single tone. And his, again, it goes into great detail here, mm-hmm. but the very basis of it is electronically, it could, by pressing a button, a mm-hmm. key, something like that, it would reproduce a perfect sine wave. Huh. And he okay. was part of the group that created this thing. And it went on to create higher, better, more perfect synthesizer sounds and david byrne was part of it so that wraps it up there's a lot more but these are the ones that everybody knows i have other names on here but these are the ones that really stand out and are part of the rock and roll world i'm joe burns monique gregoire that's it see you next week class is dismissed 